Day with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to teach children about the Sabbath and to lead them through a study of the Bible. Remember to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on kids, join us now and each week for A Day with the King. It's wonderful you could all join us to meet with the King. Come and join our worship time together. Hello, Auntie Cecily. It's wonderful to see you. It's great to be here, Auntie Nat. And hello, children. It's just fabulous that you could be with us to open the Sabbath and welcome in the King. And hello, Teddy. Oh, you're so good. It's so great that you've joined us again. Auntie Cecily, would you like to say a prayer to open our Sabbath? Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for keeping us safe through the week and we just pray now that you would be with us as we open the Sabbath. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Do you know that this is a great time to reflect on our week and count the many blessings that God has sent us? Jamaica, you have a blessing to tell us. I'm glad that Jesus died on the cross for us and that he has given me a chance to be part of his family. That's beautiful, Jamaica. Thank you for sharing that with us. And Auntie Cecily, you have a blessing to share with us as well. Yes. Remember last time we met, we spoke a great deal about the Sabbath. Mm. Well, now I want to share with you all about the character of God who made the Sabbath. Mm. Today I want to talk with you about how God is our deliverer. Later on, we're going to study in the Bible how God chose Moses to do a special job for him. Through a series of events, God prepared Moses to work for him in delivering his people out of the cruel slavery in Egypt. Psalms also tells us that God is our rock, mm. our fortress and our deliverer. Our God is mighty to save. God also delivered us from death by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we could live eternally in heaven with him. What an amazing God we have, don't we? He cares for us so much. God is our deliverer. Amen. Thanks, Aunty Cecily, for sharing that with us. Do you know another way that we can worship God on the Sabbath is to worship him in song? And we have Pastor Rick here with us. Thanks, Pastor Rick. Thanks, Aunty Nat. Welcome, children. I'm thinking we might sing Rejoice in the Lord always. What do you think? Rejoice in the Lord always and again. Can we please sing This Is The Day? Oh, it's a lovely song. Yes, let's do it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord 
Pastor Rick, could we please sing God is our best friend? He is our best friend. Let's sing it. It's a wonderful song. My very best friend is God on high. He never lets me down. God gives me all I need and more. His blessings all about. God of mercy, God of love, God of earth and heaven above. He is so good to me. God is my best friend. I trust in Thanks, Pastor Rick. It's so good to praise God in song. Dr. John has a blessing to share with us now as well. Let's go and see what that is. Hello, boys and girls. My name is Dr. John Hammond and welcome to Sunnyside, the Australian home of Mrs. Ellen G. White. I have some interesting stories for you. Just come inside with me. You're going to like this. Hello boys and girls, I'm Dr. John and we've got another story about Ellen and the years that she spent as a wonderful prophet of God. You know when you were born, you know what the first thing your mum did? I'll bet. She counted your fingers and she counted your toes and she made sure that you had a nose and then she held you and she would have said, I wonder what this little baby girl or little baby boy is going to be like in life. You know, she had sons. She had Henry and she had Edson. And after a while, a little boy was born and she called him Willie. And Willie, he was a live wire little kid. He got into everything. And finally, one day they had a girl called Jenny who was looking after him and she was trying to get things done and she was mopping the floor. Now you look at this old-fashioned bucket. And when she finished, it was full of very dirty water. And she went out to get some firewood just for one minute. But you know, I know a little boy who died who drowned in that much water. And when she came in, all was silent. She couldn't hear Willie, who normally was chattering. He was not quite two years old. And she said, where's Willie? Where's Willie? And she went inside, and Willie had his head in the bucket. And his little arm was hanging out, and she picked him up, and she started to scream, Willie's dead! Willie's drowned! Willie's drowned! 
And Alan, who was working upstairs, she came running down the stairs. What's the matter? What's the matter? He's drowned. He's drowned. He's drowned, Mrs. White. Go and get the doctor. And she rushed him outside, pulled him out of the bucket. He had this horrible gray water coming out of his nose and mouth. And she rolled him around the grass. She cut off all his clothes and she rolled him on the grass. People were saying, what's she doing that for? He's dead. You know, and after a while, got him out. And a little bit of water came out of his nose, dirty gray bucket water, and out of his mouth. And she rolled him on the grass again. And then after a while, she saw his little mouth just go. And Jenny was crying. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And then all of a sudden, all the water came out and Willie lived. And you know, they washed him very carefully. And when he grew, he was such a mischievous boy. He got into all sorts of things. I'm sitting on a rocking chair. And one day they built a great big hole in the ground called a cistern. And they put all the water in there. But before the water was in there, the men dug. And Willie used to watch them. He used to sit in his rocking chair right next to the well and he watched them. Oh, he was so interested. And one day, he saw their heads getting lower and lower and lower as the hole got deeper and deeper and deeper until he couldn't see them anymore. They were so far under the ground. And boys and girls, he rocked forward and he rocked back. He rocked forward once more and the whole rocking chair with Willie fell into it and he went down. Oh, Daddy. And Daddy White heard it. He came running out. He threw a piece of wood across the cistern and he jumped and held onto it and he dropped right to the bottom of the cistern. And there was poor little Willie upside down with the, wheelchair, with the rocking chair on top of him. And they pulled him out. Well, he survived that. You know, he liked doing lots of things. How many of you have chickens at home? A couple. He wanted chickens, and one day when Mummy Ellen White was away, he bought some chickens, and he had maybe 10 chickens, and he put them in a little cage like that. And Mummy had a dream. An angel spoke to her and said, look, your chooks are too close together. Let them out, let them have a good time. Now children, I've got some eggs here. And one egg is no good because this is an egg that is grown in a cage full of chickens that cannot even move. They can't even sit down and lay eggs because they're all standing up. And we don't have those eggs, even though you buy them in the supermarket. You buy the eggs that Alan told Willie how to make grow. And they were free range eggs where the chickens run around very happily. Hi boys and girls, happy Sabbath. Welcome to our Bible study. If you haven't got your Bibles ready yet, go get them now so you can follow along with us. Aunty Cecily, would you like to say a prayer to open our study? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our Bibles. We pray that you would help the boys and girls to understand the things that we read in your word. And we just pray that you would grant us to have Jesus in our hearts as we study, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Today, we're going to start looking at the book of Exodus. 
Remember last time that we met, we went through the book of Genesis. Mm, It was a big study, wasn't it? And we left when Joseph's entire family came down to live in the land of Egypt. Well, Exodus, Children at Home, is the very next book after Genesis. And we're going to continue our study to find out what happened to the descendants of Joseph and his family. And Elijah, you're going to tell us from our remnant young scholar study Bible who wrote the book of Exodus. Uh, The book was written by Moses. Moses. And did Moses write Genesis as well? Yes, he did. He did, didn't he? Okay. All right, Ella, you're going to do our first reading for today. And we're going to start in Exodus 1.1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man in his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun and Benjamin. Dan... Natali, Gad, Asher, all of those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, all his brothers in that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Mm. So how many of Joseph's family came down to Egypt during the famine? What did we just read? All of them. There was 70, I think, which Ella just read. There was 70. But in verse 7 that Ella read said that they increased abundantly, and we're going to find out more about that later. Now, Nick, you're going to read our next verse, Exodus 1, 8 to 14. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, And he said to his people, Look, the people of children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities. Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve Riga, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all the manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with Riga. Mm. So the new king chose not to recognise Joseph's now huge extended family as a special people. Instead of being happy for them to be in his country, he feared them because he was worried about their big numbers that they might make war against them. So we just read that the king made the Israelites slaves to build his cities. Do you think that's a good thing? No. Oh, it would have been pretty horrible. Okay, Elijah, let's read Exodus 1, 15 to 21. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When do you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools? If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but save the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, 
for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt well, well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. Mm. So the king still worried. He thought by making the Israelites slaves and making them work really hard that they wouldn't keep having children. But they still did and their numbers grew. And he wanted the midwives who helped the mothers when they were having their babies to kill the baby boys. That's pretty awful, isn't it? Not a very nice thing. It was a terrible thing the king wanted to do. But the midwives, those beautiful, brave midwives, refused to do it. And God blessed those midwives for doing the right thing. And God blessed the children of Israel and their numbers continue to grow. Kate, you're going to read for us, please, Exodus 1.22. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Oh, no. Now the king, also known as the Pharaoh, wants all the baby boys to be thrown into the Nile River. That's pretty awful, isn't it? Mm. What does it say about the baby girls, though? Yes, that they were able to live. That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, so Ben, can you please read Exodus 2, 1 to 6? And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked alongside the river. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Mm -hmm. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. So we find out later in the Bible that Moses' parents were named Amran and Jehochebed, and they decided not to let anyone know that they had had a baby boy because what happened to baby boys? They would get thrown into the river. But there's only so long you can hide a baby boy for. You've got a new baby boy, haven't you, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Can they get a bit noisy? Yep. Yeah, they can. And Jehokahed decided to make a waterproof little boat and place Moses amongst the reeds in the riverbank. And who had to watch baby Moses? His sister. His sister, who we know later on to be Miriam. And someone found Moses in that little boat. Who was it? The Pharaoh's daughter. Do you know, God has a pretty good sense of humour. You know, he was the one that made the rule and his own daughter saved the baby. That's pretty good, isn't it? God always has a plan. I think perhaps those angels guided the king's daughter right to the spot where Moses was. Okay, now we're going to go to the book of Hebrews because we're going to read our memory verse and you've got it marked there in your Bibles. So children at home, you go to Hebrews 11, 23, which is in the New Testament. And we're going to read a very special verse Okay, let's all read that together. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Do you know, I think Moses' parents knew that God had a very special job for their baby Moses to do when he grew up. And by complete faith, they decided to keep him a secret 
so he wouldn't be thrown in the river. By the peril of their own lives, they decided to take this great step of faith. Jehochebed knew that Moses had been preserved because God had a great work for him to do. Jehochebed also knew that there would come a time when she would have to give up Moses over to the princess to go live in the palace. So Moses' mother taught him as much as she could about God and not to worship the idols that the Egyptians worshipped. And when Moses was living in the palace, he was highly educated to prepare him for leadership in the, in the Egyptian court. So he was going to be an extremely important person. And Ella, you have an important verse, verse to read for us in Acts 7.22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Wow, so Moses became a very great man. Let's continue to read our Bibles and see what happens next. Aunt Cecily, you're going to read for us now Exodus 2, 11 to 15. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Wow. So it sounds like things have drastically changed. Let's look at our torchlight, Mrs. White's writings, to see what that shines on the verse for us to understand it more. Now, Nick, you're going to read that for us this time at the bottom of our Remnant Young Scholar Study Bible. Can you read that for us, please? In slaying the Egyptian, Moses had fallen into the same error so often committed by his fathers of taking into their own hands the work that God had promised to do. It was not God's will to deliver his people by warfare, as Moses thought, Mm. but by his own mighty power, and the glory might be ascribed to him alone. Mm. So Moses had made the same mistake, just like Abraham and Jacob before him, of doing things his way instead of God's way. We studied a lot about that last time, didn't we? God was going to deliver them from slavery, not Moses. Now God used this mistake and turned it into something good. God had many things he had to teach Moses in the land of Midian. And Moses went from a prince of Egypt, living in a beautiful palace, to a shepherd dwelling in tents, looking after sheep for the next 40 years. Mm. That's a big change in your life, isn't it? God had to teach him to obey, be patient and not so angry. Moses had to learn to be totally dependent on God and learn to do things God's way. Thank you, boys and girls, for studying with us. Remember, God loves you very much, even when you do wrong. God still has a plan for your life. We have a seven-day devotional available that expands on what we've studied today. Here's some information about how you can access that. 
Hey boys and girls, like Auntie Nat said, you can go on to our website to access our daily devotionals at www.adaywiththeking.com. And while you're there, you can also check out Teddy's blog. He's posted some really cool photos of us making this show. He also talks about it as well. He even posted about his visit to the vet. So hop online today. The Sabbath's an opportunity for us to spend time getting to know Jesus. One way to get to know him is to read our Bibles. We want to encourage you to read your Bibles, not only on the Sabbath day, but every day. Auntie Nat, what are we going to study about next week? Yes, next week we're going to study about how Moses had a very important appointment with God. Children, have a look in your Bibles and see if you can work out what that is. Auntie Cecily, shall we go over our memory verse with the children that we learnt in our study today? Yes, you ready to do that? Let's have a look at our board. Hebrews 11:23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Children, are you ready to sing our goodbye blessing song to the children at home? Okay, let's turn around so we can do that. because he died for my sins and I can go to him any time for forgiveness. I love God because he's my provider and he provides me with a great family that look after me and care for me. I love God because um, he gave me the Bible in which I can learn more about him and I can't wait till he comes back and I can live with him. You have been listening to a production of 3AB in Australia Television. God bless you kids. Remember to join us next week.